Sunday evening, which means it's Chairshot Podcast time. Your friends are here to talk you through most likely your Monday grind, you know, things like that, or your Tuesday grind as well. Beginning of the week grind. So that means the Chairshot Podcast is here to soothe you, let you know that it's okay. The workday will be over soon. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Barry. I'm with my ever dependable co host, and first and first of all, my pals. First of all, Joe's here. Working six to five. It's the Cheshire Podcast back. Who works six, six to five? That's I was going to say, that's a long old shift. Well, is it in 19, 19 Dickety 2, down the mines, you were working six to five. Well, it's episode six two five, so here we go. Oh, uh, I didn't. I didn't even realise that. Hey, I'm the moron. I'm hey, the buffoon. Hey. It is episode six two five. Also, in episode six two five is Paul. Uh, what do you call uh, an old aged pensioner who's after sticking three goals in in the first half? Uh, A Jerry hat trick. Hey. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. I thought that was going to be a reference to some current day. We haven't had football golf the last few weeks. What's going on? Your football's back. Don't well, talk about it. Hasn't I mean, been worth talking about, I guess. <laughs> Not good, eh? Well, that's just... It's early days, so don't worry it about it. It is early days. Let's not, Chelsea let's not. drew. Chelsea drew 0-0, so that was good. They've been shit. They've won one of five, so let's talk about Chelsea, if anything. <laughs> they're shit. Uh, all right, no, no footy golf then this week. We've got a we got a busy enough show for you here this week. Before we get into the wrestling news, because well, I think it's you know, quite enough week on the old wrestling. We'll talk about the news in just a moment. How's life been, gents? It's been pretty boring here for for me to be quite honest with you. Um, uh, just hanging out with the dog and that. Uh, uh, you know, um, she's still she's you know she's there costing me a fortune and all that with her new fancy vet approved medicine and that oh, but gosh. you can't put the price on the company can you uh what about you boys how how has your weeks been what have you been up to well i think the main event week. is that i got a piece of lego in the post this week Ooh. not just any piece the piece the piece so saga after getting bloody peace of mind now that this Lego saga is behind him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I looked up and said, my name is, is Ray Skywalker, bringing the saga <laughs> finally to a close. To black. <laughs> yeah, credits roll. Uh, so I got a, a, as I said last week, I got a little box of Lego, sea creatures. So I was also able to build a little shark and a crab with one arm. Because the second arm couldn't go on because the piece that I took from that went into my Luke Skywalker um, X-Wing helmet. To, to, to recap, you know, for, for anyone who, who, who hasn't, hasn't kept abreast of this, you've had it. this is it does seem like such a bizarre solution. But you've had an ongoing back and forth about a Lego set you bought with a missing piece. And after numerous failed attempted, uh, uh, you know, uh, solutions to this, they opted to send you a completely unrelated different set that has the piece you want and so they're like you could take that piece put it in your luke skywalker and then have a and then also gratis because of how much we've messed you around you can have 95 percent of a completed <laughs> unrelated second set yes yeah, so me you're missing want to email the other them again and go <laughs> and go i, just, I, I just noticed something uh, i can't attach this <laughs> little arm onto my little crab pal uh, what's going on there? <laughs> it is the most hilarious tiny piece of Lego you've ever seen in your life. It's like yeah. one of those little two pieces. Like, hmm? 
What it's a little ball joint, so it, it's it's the oh. opening that holds on to uh, a ball joint. So I've actually forgot what the original was. What it was a Luke Skywalker. What it was a Star Wars thing? Luke Skywalker X-wing helmet. X-wing X-wing helmet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. I wonder. Probably not. Uh, but I wonder, do like those? Does like an incomplete set that's missing one piece sell like a misprinted comic? Probably not, because people would just throw the piece away and go, "Look, lads, look what I got." <laughs> How would you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How would you verify that? Yeah, I wonder. In this age of AI, do people like make fake misprinted comics and go, "Look at this! It's oh. from 1960, and it's called him Spider Mom." What's up with that? That'll be seven thousand dollars, please. And of course, um, the thing is, I'm sure there's a site where I could have gone 100%. and bought. For fifty cent, yeah, this piece six months ago, but it's the principle of the matter. It's the principle, and I, I'm sure those sites exist, and there's probably like dedicated sites, there's probably sellers on eBay. But what I would hate having to do is trying to figure out the exact name it uses, so you can tell mm. the seller. Ah, forget that. I couldn't. Well, be I, I, I had to tell that to Lego. So did you, did you, did you, I assume you, did you, did you pick it out of the manual and go, I know exactly what it is. It's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So every okay. Lego manual has at the back of the list oh, of, of all course, the pieces. Yeah. The list. Mm. Okay. And you can give them the little code. Um, the weird thing is they sent me, and again, keeping track, uh, five parcels, each including the individual bit. None of them ever came. And then they shipped me this set from another warehouse. It came in four days. What's that about? I don't know. It seems like I don't understand because because like this also this also must be a thing that literally happens every day. Well, maybe not. I mean, I guess I, I it's very rare. I suppose that one specific piece, of it, but they, the Lego customer service must get it often. Is what I'm saying. Uh, mm. So I don't understand. Well, uh, you know how it's it's a. I will say it, as well. The postage was that coming from a Dublin uh, or a, an Irish facility or was it from Europe? No, or? from Europe. Originally, the um, warehouse they were shipping the individual piece from was from Poland. Mm. This one, I think, came from the Netherlands. And I had tracking on this one, so I was able to see uh, where it was. And yeah, it came in like four days. No issue, no problem with the address. So I don't know what was the problem before. Something wasn't right. I will say a big shout out to the Lego support uh, team, because towards the end, I was a total arsehole to them. Oh, no. <laughs> to be fair. I well, thought you, you were going to say, you know, shout out to them for, you know, not going, it's one, it's one piece, you idiot, go away. But that's what they probably get. That, like I say, they probably get that all day. I'd say if you were going for one piece. No, but, because, yeah. you know, they came back initially, uh, as you might recall, with like, can you give us the address uh, maybe of a friendly neighbor? And I was like, what would the point of that be when you can't get it to my house? How are you going to get it to a house two doors down? Like, how is that going to work? I, I love the idea of doing that though because I'm like I'm kind of self-conscious like our neighbors are quite nice here I've spoke, spoken in passing to them I haven't spoken a lot to them I would feel f- quite like self-conscious knocking on the door asking for like milk right or mm, right, can right. you let the, can you let the dog out to pee we're going away for a few hours the uh, it's, sorry I don't mean to bother you folks I know you're like having dinner and stuff like that I'm expecting one Lego piece in the mail <laughs> could I could I entrust that with you very specific piece please don't open it because you may lose it right just yeah, accept yeah, it yeah, yeah. and then come straight to my house oh god Listen, uh, I like, I like the idea fun. that they, they weren't able to send it to me but they'll be able to send it to 10 meters that way hmm like anyway, anyway, it, it's over now. Day. It's happened. The set is built. 
the little extra shark is built, which is great, by the way. That was a nice little extra set to have. Um, I also built the Indiana Jones set that I got for my birthday. That's fucking brilliant. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I think for the foreseeable future, Lego Guff for me is closed. Uh, don't think okay, I mean, are you, you're going to keep building Lego Legos, assume, assuming. No, 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 no. I think I'll take a break. I, I've built so much Lego this last little actually, while. You've done a lot there. You have done, done a lot. A lot of Lego. A lot of Lego. Uh, what else happened? Oh, I went to the dentist oh, uh, dear. in the week because, yeah, I love going to the dentist. Oh. I'll tell you that much. Um, right around the time of All In, I noticed that I had a little swelling above one of my teeth in the gum. Mm-hmm. Right? So. A Google uh, search informed me that that was most likely an abscess. Uh, so once oh, we, as soon as we came back from uh, from London, I, I got a dentist appointment and went in and got it checked out. Um, and essentially, my teeth are generally pretty good. I don't have a lot of fillings, but I've had mm. two teeth that I've had problems with for about 10 years that have both been uh, filled, root canaled, crowned, Issue with the crown is like constant, constant issues. Only with these two teeth. Every other one is is more or less grand. Uh, so I went to get this, and this was one of the aforementioned two teeth that was having the abscess. So I went to the dentist, and the dentist said, "You know, uh, it looks like it's kind of between two teeth. So we'll do an X-ray, and if it is uh, the other tooth, we can maybe fix that. But if it, if it is this affected tooth, we're go- probably just got to take it out." Now I've had a tooth taken out already in the year on yeah. the bottom on the bottom right this one is top left neither on the front so I'm still yes. looking he's got a lovely pearly white smile everyone uh yeah well <laughs> unless I do a properly wide smile then I'm looking a little bit like uh Mick Foley um mm-hmm. but uh we'll take it out so it turned out it was that tooth so I went in to have it taken out on Thursday uh and uh, yeah the experience with the bottom right one was just I went in I was probably there for 10 minutes. Uh, hmm. Break it up a little bit. Get it out. Off you go. Here's your aftercare. Some antibiotics, some painkillers and all that. This one was apparently, I was told afterwards, a very difficult operation. Uh, that they're having issues because it was apparently a very long tooth. So they had issues to get it out. Uh, they had to, uh, to um, get the old uh, blade and go coast to coast on oh. my gum. God, oh God! Out. I was in there for probably I would say about forty-five minutes. They were at it, getting this tooth out. So I'm on two sets of antibiotics. Oh Lord! Uh, some very powerful painkillers, um, and uh, yeah, it was a whole ordeal. I will say though, I woke up the day after expecting to be in total agony, mm. and like nothing. Okay. Mm. So I've only taken one painkiller since Friday, and. Frankly, there's been like no pain at all. Like she sat me down afterwards and was like, you are gonna hurt because it was a that bad an operation. Yeah. But really, no. And I'm not a man with a very high pain tolerance, so I don't know. I was just surprised like no pain at all. Um although I did then today uh have to move a couch over the the back garden wall, seven foot tall wall, big heavy couch over it. Promptly did my back in. So I said, good thing I got them, them painkillers the other day. Let me have a couple of them. <laughs> oh, oh, be careful. Slippery slope. Yeah, slippery slope. slope. Couple. 
the thing about the dentist is what I love about the dentist is I it's nice to both have something deeply horrible and unpleasant happen to you and pay for it. Yeah. I mean, that's it's like what's what's that's, the best? It is getting the, the the sliced up or handing them a hundred quid afterwards. I just I, well, that's the joke, right? I always say, oh, people talk about you went to the dentist. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, the worst bit was when he made me open my wallet and take my credit card. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, which was also yeah. true, true this time. I do have coverage through work though, so I, w- I will get okay. Fair enough. Half half it back. Let's say I get a similar thing. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but no, it's actually been grand. It almost to the point. That it's a problem. Like I, I'm so not in pain. I'll forget to not eat on that side of my mouth. Yeah, which I'm supposed to avoid doing for a while. Yeah, and I'll just forget about it because it's it's not hurting me. So I'll just try and eat something on that side, and then I get not a pain, but I get a feeling. Oh yeah, I have no tooth chomp, chomping on Lego pieces. Like, ah no, wrong <laughs> sides. <laughs> um. So there was the Lego yeah, speedy recovery. There was the tooth. Um, that was pretty much it for me this week. How about you, Joe? What have you been up to this week? Oh, well, busy week. Um, a couple of uh, outings, which I'll share later in a brand new segment in the review section, uh, live events. Ooh. So that'll be coming later. Um, but before that, yesterday, I was out and about early uh, in London. Very sunny, very hot day. I was doing my sponsored hike uh, across London to raise money for King's College Hospital Charity. So they have an oh. annual hike, more of a walk. I wouldn't say it's a hike. You're not going through mountains. You're walking through London. So it's mainly pavements, traffic lights, uh, parks, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but it's more kind of accessible. It's for people that aren't going to do like a marathon or something. Lovely. Um, it's about 400 people doing it, um, all wearing bright yellow T-shirts. Uh, I got there, elbowed my way to the front, so I could be like, in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could be in the first group to start because I didn't want to be at the back. Uh, you know, you um, know where the paparazzi are. You know, yeah. They said like, it's not a competitive thing, right? It's not like a race. You know, it's not. It's not like there's going to be a medal for the winner. Mm. I heard that. I thought, well, mm. it's competitive. Hypothetically, if there was one, who would get it? I was like, I mean, let's well, just talk about yeah. who would get one. You know, I was like, if if you know, everything's competitive. Love, right? Yes. That's that's. That's my philosophy. Um, so anyway, yeah, it was very good. It was quite, it was quite tough because it was, it was pretty hot yesterday. Was it like thirty degrees or something? Is it still over there? Holy shit! It's broken uh, oh, today, over here, today's, today's been a bit cooler, but yeah, Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday was uh, very hot. Jesus. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was, it was very good. Um, so the halfway point of the hike was actually very close to, to where we live. So that was handy. So Michelle and my mum both came, popped by for the halfway point to uh cheer me on take a picture say hello um i was having been at the front i it, you know things started to kind of spread out a bit as some people were a bit slower some people were a bit faster there were a pack of about seven of us who were kind of leading the way and like wasn't exactly getting competitive but you could sense that there was a little bit of competitiveness going on right no we're one wanted to, no one wanted to get left behind by the other five people in it so we were kind of going pretty fast, a lot faster than I usually walk uh, to kind of keep up with them. Uh, and then we got to a point where it kind of, the map, the Google map they provided us with kind of split into different directions. So I went one way and the other two people went the other way. So after that, I didn't see anyone. I was completely sort of alone for the next like three, four miles. Uh, and then I passed this woman and she was like, oh, you've the fir- you're the first person I've seen. You're in the lead. I was like, well, here we go. Um, so I, <laughs> I marched my way the last couple of miles 
uh, arrived at the finish line. Uh, well, I say that they hadn't actually inflated the inflatable finish line because I got there. Because <laughs> you were there so you fast. So fast. I, got there in, I got there in five five hours flat for the 18 miles. Wow. And yeah, they you were like... sprint to the last four miles though. <laughs> I did not sprint. I swear I was... I, I, I want to know where the other path went that the other two people went. They're just like in Manchester now, you know. <laughs> I don't know what happened they ended to ended up on a crusty burger oil rig. I was just about to say, yeah, like, in, like they're, they're stranded in the woods somewhere. You know? So I did end up seeing them. They kind of finished a, a few minutes after me. So I think they were just behind, but um, I was you know, further ahead. Yeah, but there was also this big, like, um, like band of drummers that they'd arranged to, nice. like, for the finish. And so they were, like, practicing as I got there. So I just sort of walked in, like, a bit of an anticlimax, like, oh, I'm here. So anyway, I got my, my kind of medal for finishing. Excellent. And then, yeah, yeah. Went home, very, very tired, but very satisfied, having raised £440 for charity. That's uh, the real prize. And overall about 100 grand, I think, for, for wow. everyone. That's so awesome. So it was a very successful day. First time I've ever done anything sponsored like that, or since school, anyway. Um, so I was very happy to, to do that for important charity. So yeah, very, very nice day. And then had a nice, got home, had a very nice big burger and chips and a liter Ooh, of Coke. Oh yeah. Entire liter of Coke to, to celebrate. Oh uh, yeah. My victory. So, really reward yourself. That was very nice. Yeah. It was uh, right. fun stuff. Busy week. And uh, we'll have live event, uh, guff coming up later on there. Quickly mm. on the wrestling news there. Uh, this is the, this is the week beginning of a new era. The old, uh, the era of the McMahon-owned World Wrestling mm. Entertainment is is technically officially over. I mean, technicality, we're still, you know, still basically the same thing. But TKO is here. The merged WWE, UFC, Endeavor um, uh, project called TKO. They had a whole Wall Street event for it. And uh, there you go. I mean, it is kind of funny to think about that because corporate mergers like this now are kind of becoming so commonplace. It's kind of interesting to see one in the wrestling mm. sphere i mean like i know uh, paul you and i as followers of the gaming news merge 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 it's all merge there's going to be yeah. three companies in a couple of years and it's kind of funny the last couple of years it's just been non-stop for like the embracer group is the immediate example i think of up 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 merge merge merge. we're buying 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 and now only a couple of years into their existence it's all starting to it's all starting to. No, I don't want to say collapse. I'm not going to. I'm not foretelling the 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 disappearance forever of the Embracer Group. But obviously, they had a a Saudi deal go south to the tune of two billion dollars. They, they're shuttering studios. There's talk they're going to sell Gearbox, and it is just. I don't think this has happened. But this could happen. I don't think this will happen in, in our lifetime. I think WWE will outlive us all. But in in this kind of corporate environment, it is mad to think that like, imagine a future where this group decides. You know what? It's the wrestling thing. Nah, it's not doing it for us anymore. So you know, you know, we're gonna do away with that, and and TKO will will be a, a, a UFC and boxing, you know, uh, uh, mm. conglomerate. I, that, that's obviously I'm not saying that actually could. Have, I'm just saying like technically, we're no longer mm. in in this realm of just Vince will steer WWE into the into the year three thousand. Do you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, what do you guys make of the news? I mean, uh, I. I, I I think practically in terms of what you watch on TV, we're not going to see um, uh, tons of change. Um, no, but yeah, not, not immediately. Um, no, they did have really? a lot of, there were a lot of office layoffs this week. Obviously, mm. I don't know how much of that pertains to like production people. I didn't really see the specifics very much, but yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, it seemed to be a mix of like marketing and production yeah. and things like that. It seemed more kind of the big wigs, I think, rather than yes. the people doing the actual work. You know, <laughs> people at the bottom who are doing the actual work. So obviously, they still need, you know, two teams to do all this work. Anyway. To do all this episode, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it is the biggest biggest change in the company since probably they went public in, mm. the, in the late nineties. Um, which obviously that was a big change as well because it meant they were then influenced by the stock market by investors rather than it just being Vince's kind of complete you know fiefdom to control hmm. um but this this is no this is it this is um endeavors in charge or tko's in charge and yeah it could i don't think it means changes in the short term possibly positive changes i mean maybe they'll come in and, and cut things back and it'll be business will be even better They'll have less nonsense that kind of Vince brings into mm, mm. into it. They'll be a bit more disciplined. It could be a, it could be a positive thing in the, sh- in the short term. Yeah. In the long term, who knows? Maybe the culture. I think they have very different cultures. There's a thing like the MMA yeah. UFC thing, WWE. Uh, it's, it's completely different. I don't know if you saw some of the tweets when the merger happened. Of like, there was one guy saying, "Oh, the goal is for all WWE fans to become UFC fans, and all UFC fans to become WWE fans." I saw. Where do these people live? Where do they get their information? Yeah. All MMA fans think wrestling is fake dog shit. Fake yeah, and, get, and, and, and no one more than shit. Dana White. He got asked that yeah. in do, doing the media rounds this week. I mean, he's been answering that question for 20 fucking yeah. years at this stage. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's definitely crossover, but there will never, there will never, there will never be a TKO fan. Do you know what I mean? No. I, I, I watch both the shows. Yeah. Raw and SmackDown. No, Raw and uh, uh, UFC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there'll always be crossover, but yeah, it is funny. It is funny. Yeah. I mean, they've mentioned as well to do like a, a, a two-day weekend event, one night WWE, one night UFC. Yeah, I'd have to imagine the crossover would be very slight. would be very minimal. I mean, if it's in the right town like Vegas in New York, I'm sure it'll do well because those are just good markets anyway. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I I imagine, if anything, there'll be fights in the street between the two fan bases. (laughs) (laughs) Just the wrestling fans RKOing the MMA fans in the street, you know. But yeah, uh, obviously, you know, it's a kind of a historic week. But in terms of what does it actually mean, it is a it is a wait and see. Mm. Um, and obviously, TKO is, of course, publicly traded as well. So it's not like WWE has gone completely private or anything. It's just kind of it's now part of this this bigger group. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, elsewhere in the wrestling news, it's funny because just up until a few hours ago, I was going to say, eh, maybe we'll wait and see on the Jade thing, see if that becomes a little bit more concrete. But now, just like a couple of hours ago, it seemed like Jade is like reporting to the PC next week. So it seems like this is just happening. Uh, Jade Cargill, by all accounts, wrapping up with AEW and is uh, NXT bound uh, very soon. Uh, it's funny because despite being what you would think of as a fairly big coup for WWE, I almost feel like the most of the reactions I've seen have been people going, yeah, this makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I think... Um, yeah. <coughs> now that they've done the Statlander rematch where Statlander got her actual like, real win mm. you kind of look at the lay of the land in AEW and you go well what is there for Jade to do do you know what I mean it's kind of like her strength was in being the undefeated person I do not think they can do another 60 and 0 year and a half I just don't you know um, and I think this kind of plays in something we've talked about since the beginning of AEW which is people should have their runs and then go somewhere else 
do you know what I mean? And do so in Jade's case, like I think if she is going to be a, a PC, but not just straight on to Raw SmackDown, but she's going to be learning, I think that'll be great. Give her time to 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 uh, develop more than she got in AEW with their with their fairly bare bones schedule. You know, no PC, no house shows, no dark matches really. Um, and then maybe in three years, we're talking about her coming back. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, we've we've listed all the examples over the years of the people who have just stayed in WWE and just are running in circles but mm. yeah uh interesting uh, i think even though it makes sense for all parties involved i, th- I do still think you kind of have to look at it as going that's one more star gone from the women's division um yeah what are you what are you boys making of the of the the jump i mean there's part of me that thinks you know this may be the aw fan in me speaking but kind of like jade was kind of built there over the course of the three or so years and really oh, as she comes together she's out the door yeah um i mean we we mentioned last week it was interesting that um her return seemed kind of underplayed out of mm. nowhere yeah yeah mm. I, guess, I guess that kind of makes sense now we're talking about the lights out for jade and all that and now it makes sense they, they only brought her back to do business uh, do business the right That's way exactly yeah say. yeah um do the favors let's bring back our yeah. steve austin podcast quotes <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's a shame because Jade had, you know, I think there was still a lot for her to do. She really had only stayed in the one very specific lane of being, as you said, the dominant uh, heel champion. She hadn't really had many real feuds, Mm. back and forth feuds. Um, She obviously came off like a massive star, but... um, She was involved in, in killing off Shaq. We never saw Shaq again after that match. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, you know, obviously, she was very heavily involved uh, with Cody, with Cody as yeah. well. So I wonder if there was a, a little bit of that to her decision to move as well. Mm, possible, yeah, possible. Um, yeah, it just feels like you know she was kind of getting there, getting there, getting there, and it felt like losing the title was a a necessary move for her to move to the next step in a sense because she had mm. done that so much, you know, beating scrubs most of the time to a 60 and 0 record uh, and then to lose title and then go on to, to kind of in the same um same way hook has you know hook was doing that you, you cannot really do that for so yes, long that's actually a good comparison yeah and then yeah. you need to start have having actual feuds and become mm. a a character who has more dynamics than they win a lot of matches right 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 um and so that's what i was kind of excited for okay now we're now jade's back now we're going to see what jade cargill outside of that archetype looks like um and they're gone <laughs> yeah. so, you know as as quick as that it's a shame it is funny to think of the stuff that's left on the table like a brit program obviously um mm. things like that because they did keep i guess i guess because it, it you had to have jade always win so she didn't really interact with those top people exactly but again like i said you know three years later maybe she's back what do you make of this what do you make of that joe disappointed or right Li- right time right call you know? a little bit it's not necessarily specifically about her but i it kind of depends on where she's going because my my concern at the moment is when you look at wwe they're kind of they've got their shit together now you know yeah. you go back to when AEW launched they were in the doldrums vince was fucking everything everyone hated it because of vince they've now they were they were punching way below their potential. Now they're kind of at their potential. They've yeah. got the, the platform. They've got the money. 
they've got their kind of opportunities to offer where I could see them just hiring anyone they want from AEW, really. Yeah. Like M- yeah, MJF, yeah. Ricky, uh, plenty of other people. Um, mm. and, I, and then I start to think, well, you know, how is AEW going to kind of hang on to any of those big stars? I mean, yeah, the Elite, they, they re-signed. Not sure that was necessarily a bonus. Um, no, the elite feel like the most in need of a move from one company to another to mm-hmm. like refresh themselves. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it would have been better to split the elite up. Obviously, they wanted to stick together and negotiate as a group. But I actually think if the Bucks had gone to WWE and Hangman, Hangman had stayed on his own to kind of be his own man for a while, that would have been a better. That's actually, I, I never even thought I, they are so often talked about like they're mm. a unit because I guess they are like in, as as an act. Mm. That is actually like the Bucks before they even do a real feud. The Bucks have a year of dream matches they can do. Do you know what I mean? You can you could do a best of fucking ninety series with the Usos. People want that so badly. I didn't even mm. think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so as so for Jade, if she goes to the kind of the performance center in NXT, I mean, I guess that's good for her development. It's a bit strange after having been on TV for two years, mm, had 60 mm. matches. You know there's going to be WWE fans calling her a performance center. Performance center product. person, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, okay, yeah, she's not wrestled before. Just like, just like uh, Daniel Bryan, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Anyone who goes to the performance, doesn't matter if they had 400 matches on the yeah, Indies, yeah. They, they were trained by the performance center. Yeah. Um, I would say, though, that's that, this is one where... where I, it's not. I don't think it's in any of our fortunes to start watching weekly. But I, I, I will. I will give. I'll give it a watch when she shows up. I'm very curious to see what happens. Uh, mm. um, but I mean, again, all the reporting seems to be pointing towards the PC. So it's probably not going to be. She's on NXT on Tuesday, and she's just on TV. I, it's, I, we, we, we don't know. We don't the, know. The, the other great part of this story is all the people talking about how they're going to help get her into Hollywood, and I'm like, mm, just like all the other. WWE yeah, made it in like, Hollywood, you know, Sable, China, Lita, Trish. Isn't it? It's just a thing people like, say that, like, when you actually examine it, it's like even even the actual successes, like Batista. Batista didn't get any help from WWE and no, getting into Hollywood. To, they, they wanted to stop him. They didn't want to. Pl- they didn't want to plug Guardians famously. Like it's like if she gets that, it'll be on. I'm not saying. I mean, it helps to be in the biggest wrestling company in the world, yes. But like, it, mm. you know, it doesn't. I, you know, if she gets there, it won't be because she made this jump. Yeah. That, that is a thing that I think it is, you know, there, there are lots of things that wrestling fans just over the years just repeat, repeat, yeah. out, of like, out of like Pavlovian response. And that is one of them that, oh, if you go there, that's where you get all the, 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 the Hollywood opportunities. But, um, but yeah, um, I do, I do really like the, like I, like I said at the start of this, I do like the idea that she showed up, she was this shocking debut, she had the Shaq match. The longest undistributed streak in the company, and then left. I think that's that's how wrestling used to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I think that's I think that's I think that's interesting. Um, and yeah, if, it, if it leads to more movement between companies, I mean, I always think that's exciting. One thing WWE hasn't had for probably five years, if not more, the the the, the myth around the Raw after WrestleMania when you get all the surprises. They don't have any surprises anymore because. Everyone who was in NXT left or was was called up. Yeah. Um, so now to have a little bit of movement again, a couple of people per year move one way or the other. Uh, that brings back that element of surprise. You know, you think back to the the Attitude Era and you had a Jericho debut. Or Luger you, uh, you know, and everything else. That stuff's exciting. 
That's mm-hmm. great. I mean, one of the one of the best things WWE has done in the last couple of years, Cody. Cody showing up, winning, you know, and 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 having and that who, series. Who, who can say that that wasn't best for Cody? Remember Cody yeah. Rhodes last few months in AEW? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like I mean, it is so funny. Um, so yeah, so I, I think to say you you don't have a similar situation with a Edge, let's say. Well, you know, Edge had this run in WWE where he was fairly, from an from an outsider perspective, I would say fairly ho hum. Yeah, but maybe he comes in and has uh, get aligns with Christian, has a really fun mm. run, yeah. and we're all saying, "Oh my god, isn't it so great?" He moved to a new environment. Yeah, I, we haven't talked much about that, but yeah, I, it, it seems like like he was removed from the WWE website, then he was put back on, and it's funny. Yeah, I'm totally in the camp. I'm very ho hum on Edge, but. You never know. You put him in AW Christian doing the, I don't want to say the best work of his career, but doing fucking great work, regardless Christ, of where you rank uh, it. Yeah. You know, um, I think you give Edge a little one-year run, team him with Christian, do your FTR series, split them, have them feud one last time before they maybe both call it a career. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I think I think jumps in both directions, that is that is the fun, isn't it? That is that is what, what you hope to see. Dream um, matches. Remember dream matches? Hmm... No. Goldberg against Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that could still happen. All right, that could still happen. What happened to this, about- this Goldberg tour that he was he was talking about? Yeah, who cares? Goldberg, Goldberg is shit. Goldberg oh, yeah. is shit. No one. Oh, I would have listened if he fucking came out in Wembley. I would have. I would have cheered. Well, yes, but he's a uh, fucking. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that is the the wrestling news uh, uh, for <laughs> the week. We will uh, we will be watching the whole Jade situation closely. Uh, we'll talk about um, uh, television there in a while. We have a quiz this week. We have a new quiz, except it's very similar to old quizzes we've done. Not like us at all to do that. Yeah. Um, so it's it's similar to what we were doing with. Um, Tenable. I've forgotten what my pun name for it was. Perfectly Perfect. Tenable. Perfect Tenable. Um, so this one is called Place Your Bretts. Like Bret Hart. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you'd say that. It's not not too many other wrestling Bretts. DiBiase. Um, oh, yeah. Brett DiBiase. Uh, um, is he the one going to jail or no? Ted is. Nah, I don't know if Ted's going to jail. It's Ted, Ted Jr., Ted, isn't it? Ted Jr. and yeah, maybe okay. Ted. And maybe Ted. Okay. Brett in the clear. Go on, anyway, Paul. <laughs> Star, Star of the Marine. To yes, uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. Um, okay, so place your breaths is again similar to Tenable. The idea is name as many things as possible this time under a time limit. Ooh. And what you're going to be doing, I hate a time limit. Go on, is you're going to be going back and forth, uh, placing your bets in terms of how many you think you can get. So I'll tell you what the category is. Barry might say, okay, in 90 seconds, I reckon I can get 10. Joe might say, well, I can get 11. Mm. And then we'll reach the point at which somebody folds and allows that person to try and get the number that they said that they could do. If they succeed, they'll get a point. If they fail, the other person will get a point. And there's three rounds. Okay. I'm just getting my clock up here with my stopwatch. I was just Googling Brett DBLC, so I missed most of that. I'm sorry. I've just got a name. name, uh, I've got name things. You got to name things. It's the clock. Okay. Well, you're going to, you're going to bet how many you can get. And then, okay. And whoever, whoever has the highest bet when the other person pulls back and says, go for it. Right, 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 right. You have to reach that. Otherwise the other person gets the point. Okay. Okay. Okay, Great. So, uh, I don't have a coin here to flip, but we'll let, um, 
not Barry go first because we don't know who's going to go first yet. That'll depend on the bets. Right. But Barry can place the first bet, okay? Okay. So again, you're going to have 90 seconds. 90, okay. First category is wrestlers, and you remember you might remember this category from a few weeks ago, wrestlers whose surname, in the event that they have a two-name name, first name, last name, surname, or gimmick name, in the event of a name like Kane, mm-hmm. uh, that starts with the letter P. Okay. In 90 seconds, I could do, I'm going to say... 10. Ooh. Joe, do you reckon you can beat 10? P. 10 P's. Um, I'll go 12. 12 for Joe. Okay. Um. No, I'm going to let Joe go. Oh, shit. Okay, so just to clarify. <laughs> Joe, on that one. <laughs> before we start the timer, just to clarify again, if I think we did O a few weeks ago, right? When we were doing yes. Tenable. So Kenny Omega... Thumbs works yeah. or um otis, otis. works mm-hmm. or you know um if, if the first name were to start with o that would not count it has to be the oliver surname twist does not count. Also oliver not a twist does not count oliver twist does not count so it's in the event they have a first name surname name it's the surname <sighs> or the gimmick name joe your 90 seconds starts in three two one go uh pentagon uh, psychosis. Uh, many p- uh, p- uh, p- p- um, uh, p- p- Percy Pringle. Um, oh God, Todd Phillips <laughs> as a director. Um, p- 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 Pan Panama Pantera. <laughs> words. These are just words. Uh, oh God, I'm blanking. Um, I wouldn't have gotten some of these, and I've only got one in my head now, so I, I'm glad I passed on this. I'm gonna have some more conservative guesses for the next two rounds. Yes. Well, it depends on the question. Pe- these these name ones are hard. Peter. Um, fuck. Uh, <sighs> any any surname beginning with P, I just all I've got is Peters and Phillips, and I cannot think of any. Yeah, all the all the names are like normal people names. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think I've got two so far. Like I think I'd be doing even worse than Joe. Ten seconds ago, Joe. That's hard. Mm, nah. Joe, your time is up. Uh, you, I, I, you bet 12. Your score was three. Yes. So that's one on. point for Barry. I had I had Pepper Parks and I had The Patriot. Ah, okay. They both would have been valid uh, answers. Okay, so one nil to Barry. Round two. Uh, Page. Joe, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Adam I mean, Page I, as well. Adam yeah. Page. I, I would have accepted Dallas Page as well. Ah, oh, damn, Dallas Perry. It is uh, extremely easy after the time is over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Joe, you place the bet first time here. Okay. Wrestlers whose surname or gimmick name starts with the letter J. Um, five. 
Okay, Barry, can you do more than five? I think I can do seven. Joe, back to you. Can you beat seven? Um, ah, fuck, should I go with it? I'll go... Oh, no, I'll let Barry go. Fuck it. Fuck. All right, Barry, you have 90 seconds to name seven people whose names start with J, starting in three, two, one, go. Jesse James. Jeff Jarrett. Um, Karen Jarrett. Um, oh, <laughs> do you have any other siblings or relations? In <laughs> the Jarrett children. Uh, uh, okay. Um, uh, Nick Jackson. Matt Jackson. Oh, shit. Uh, Will you give me him as a wrestler at Rampage Jackson? He's had a match. He has had a match. He has had a match. Um, um, uh, I can't use people's real names, can I? No. No. Okay. Uh, 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 Oh, God. Um, Uh, oh, fuck. Sid Justice? Barry, with one minute and nine seconds on the clock, that's that's seven. You've, you, you've successfully oh, got and I, I, Like, I don't know if it's the same for you, Joe, in the last round. I keep I kept getting first names. I was like, Judas Macias. Yeah. I was getting fucking Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Oh. Chris, Chris Jericho. Just, oh, yeah. Jericho. <laughs> Jericho. <laughs> I had got- people texting me the last time we were doing this quiz going, how did you get Amasis before Kenny Omega and Randy Orton? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably a lot of Johnsons. Johnsons. Jerry Jarrett. Jerry Jarrett. I didn't get Jerry Jarrett. There's also a third young buck that doesn't wrestle anymore, I don't think. Oh, yeah. But the uh, Malachi Jackson, I think. Anyway. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of Jays in the Lucha world as well. Okay. Uh, so that's 2 0 to Barry. Joe, for pride, we'll go to the final round. Okay. Uh, Barry, you're to bet first here. Wrestlers whose surname or gimmick starts with the letter. B. Oh, God. Uh, four? All right, Joe. Can you beat four? I, I'll do six. Six? Jesus. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let Joe go on this for probably. All right, Joe. Six Bs, please. Six Your time starts in three, two, one, go. Uh, I've already forgotten the one I thought of. Uh, <laughs> uh, Barbarian. Nice. Um, Oh shit! What did I just think? Um, uh, Bradshaw. That's a fun. Yeah. Um, Blade. No, there's no called Blade. Blade. There is. Yeah. I, I, I would accept. Oh, Blade, oh, Butcher and the Butcher <laughs> and the Blade. Um, but, uh, and the third one. Uh, the Bunny. Correct. Uh, oh, what did I? Oh, God. So annoying. Um, um, Pam Pam Bigelow. 
Hey, there you go. Uh, Rip Baker, 53 seconds, Joe, you got all six. Yeah. Uh, Big Bill. Brutus, Brutus, Brutus Beefcake. Brutus Beefcake. Big Bill, yeah, yeah. yeah. Park, Parker Boudreaux. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bear Bryan. Bronson, Bear Boulder. Boulder. There's lots. Action Bronson, he's at a match. Oh, yeah. Bronson, so, yeah. So our score is, uh, at the end of this first edition of Place Your Bretts, 2-1 to our winner, Barry. Well done, Barry. Hooray. Did, you, did anyone catch the meta? Our letters uh, today were P, B, and J. Um, ah, very good. We all love peanut butter and jelly on this yeah. show. Yeah. Um, God, the, the the time element does make it uh, uh, a bit quite intense, I must say. Mm. Yeah, I, I was thinking 60 seconds originally. I thought 90 will probably be a better a yeah. better amount to, to, to... Otherwise, we'll be sitting here for 10 minutes while someone goes, J. Well, yeah, yeah. Sure. There was already a lot of that, you know. So um, uh, that yeah. was place your brits. Uh, that was good fun there from Paul. Thank you very much for organizing. We'll jump into wrestling this week here. Uh, for, uh, we'll kick off with Dynamite from Sin. Sin. Nat. <laughs> e. <laughs> uh, we had John Moxley defending the international championship against Big Bill. Moxley, obviously, the babyface here in his home state. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like this. as a little bit of a table setter for the Mox era of this title. I'm imagining... It'll be much like Cassidy. It'll be a lot of uh, weekly challenges, and it'll probably be I'm going to do the John Moxley match in place of the Orange Cassidy match, which is we're going to fight and scrape and claw and brawl and bleed. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm up for that. That's good by me. And yeah. uh, yet another I, good show from from Big William. I like the idea of the international title being for a couple of weeks. You get a showcase of this person's style. Absolutely. Why not? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Interesting that. The, the BCC are kind of flitting back towards the babyface side here. Mm. Even Claudio at the end of this uh, segment, even though he's ostensibly the heel against Eddie Kingston next week. Um, I mean, the BCC are like the, the, the quintessential tweeners, right? Yeah. And I think, I think, I think they're, they're great in that role. Cause I think they get good heat because they are great bastards when they need to be, but like it's like a team of the classest people in the promotion, so everyone will <laughs> will automatically think they're cool whenever they need to be. But uh, yeah, another another good outing there for our our man, Big Bill. And, uh, Big uh, Bill's Big Bill's great. Big Bill, he is he is the boy. He is the boy. I mean, he's great. Um, Moxie retained. Obviously, Starks and the BCC got involved and what have you. We had a big schmoz backstage where Moxie looked very tired. The poor lad looks like they taped this thing right after his match. He's fucking exhausted. They had a big pull apart where he's going to face Phoenix at Grand Slam for the belt. And of course, they set up uh, Eddie versus uh, Claudio for both of the belts. I like that they had all this chaos in the foreground of the shot. And just Claudio and Eddie in the background staring. I would almost wish they hadn't like drawn attention to it. Yes, and yeah. just let the stillness in the background. But yeah, that was a, that was a nice that was a nice way to do it. Uh, we got uh, we talked about it last week. This artist, this Don Callis's artist, this this person is making bank. They're they're getting they're getting a commission, a storyline here, and uh, and fair play to him for it. He uh, unless they're going on art ai 
Takeshita stabbing Odushi with a big sword. I have thought about. I have seen. I so I've seen the person's account, the the Instagram account of the artist. So they. So thankfully, now they. I'm pretty sure they have sold AI shirts. The AEW has not the person who who makes these, but they, they, this is an actual person making these actual paintings. So 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 fair play to them. Uh, yeah, it's going to be Abushi. So presumably Wrestle Dream, they'll do Abushi versus um, uh, so. Takeshita. And this this segment plus one for AEW for a thing we've been asking them for yeah Callis out there doing his thing getting his heat and you catch her right there as well and the same as all but to catch that this is the this is my fucking guy and he's the alpha now because omega's in the past and and let's talk about this guy so they're Not like they're, a fake alpha chris jericho it is funny that they like someone in this promotion has already done this exact bit but who cares <laughs> forget that doesn't matter don't really my care. only my only nitpick was that they when they were coming out, they just said, "Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Don Callis." Oh, they didn't introduce no. Takeshita. No, no, oh, that's funny. That's I guess, I guess, it, I guess it was. Uh, yeah, okay, he was the one technically, I guess, or doing the <clears throat> unveiling. Uh, here's where we got our schmas with the BCC and 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 the lads. Uh, we got Renee with Hook and Orange Cassidy. They fist bumped. There you go. Mm, not good for Orange Cassidy. This is a step back. In what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. where he was. Hook, I love Hook, but like Hook's, uh, you know, doing an orange Hook tag team. Yeah. That's unless the unless they're going to win the belts, which I do not think they are, which I would not expect. No, no. They, uh, yeah. He should be doing a big feud with someone on Collision or whatever. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to hope that this is... We do have plans for him, but also we have... X amount of challengers lined up already mm. for MJF. He should be facing MJF. I'm so I'm completely with you on that. I mean, he should be that should be the agenda, but maybe it's just kind of like we have to do match XYZ first. Mm. We'll, we'll see. AEW's follow through lately has been you know <laughs> it's been it's been what it's been, but we'll see. Uh we got um uh Tony Storm winning a four-way to challenge Soraya at the um Arthur Ashe. The match was all right. Nothing special. I was surprised to see Tony win. Uh, but I guess I, I have to assume the Soraya thing was just for Wembley. Do you know what I mean? And and they're going to do a little bit of a... I mean, it's although it's weird because like they, they could do a little bit of a reset, but isn't Tony's whole new character that everyone seems to love, like, isn't that... Doesn't that kind mm-hmm. of hinge on her not being the champion? Or do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I fancy Soraya's yeah. gonna retain. She'll really? Retain, you think yeah. so? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, based on the character, I actually think I think so as well. But I I, I just don't know what the I suppose the 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 long term for for Soraya um, is. But they, I mean, she, so Soraya to jump ahead a little bit, then cut a promo, which was very very much just going for Tony, like just going for her. So so I think we're going to Soraya will probably retain. Tony will continue melting down, and I think we're splitting this group up. Um, with Ruby probably staying with Soraya, I would think, and Tony probably going babyface, which I think people already people are already cheering this act anyway. So it's like, why not? I guess why not break up the heels and and, and do that? Uh, we got the seven millionth segment where Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara talked about them as a pair i <laughs> i just didn't give a shit about how many it. times can you hear sammy guevara go i'm not here to be someone's sidekick i'm here to be at the top i feel like we've had that exact promo 10 times 
But also, one of the big stories of this year is is just him just categorically not, like having a big program, being being a main eventer, and it not working. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. 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 They played a vi- they played a video package which I thought was cute, you know. Um. But I have just I'm just I I, I don't think any of us are into this. I this will they won't they will Sammy stay with Jericho because I saw it because like what, what was the match on this on this show with um Parker and Menard? Uh, uh, that was the main event, was it? I can't remember. They had uh, Dar- some match on this show. Darby and Nick Queen. Nick Queen. Mm. I was watching that and Hager interfered. I was like, what the fuck does Hager have to do with any people? And I was like, oh yeah, no, they all, they all, they're still a unit. They're just not with Jericho anymore. <laughs> and, and I was just kind of like, I'm, I'm like, that all that's really happened here is the JAS has taken the, the Jericho out of their branding and Sammy is just floating between them. But I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not not much. Not much to make of this. They rambled on quite a bit. Jericho talked about seeing him in NWA, um, uh, and they said they're going to have a they're going to have a match next week. Which I uh, were you as shocked as I was when they said this is the first time these two are going to have a match? I was like, I feel like I've seen them wrestle a hundred times. I guess because they keep doing this angle, but they've never actually had a match together. I believe uh, a lot yeah. of tag matches, uh, a lot of tags and stuff. I yeah. think I think AEW needs to give Guevara a huge push so that WWE sign him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. a huge push out the, the door oh Jericho is going to be doing victory laps over that as well oh, I my storylines with this guy my working with this guy got him you know got him to the the big the big show you know uh, the, weird, yeah. the weird thing is he does almost feel more like a character that suits WWE's yeah although I feel like his wrestling strengths would not be to their to their taste i don't know but um yeah sammy and jericho at arthur ash i mean i guess you have to have a big jericho match of some ilk and a lot of other people are tied up with other stuff so so there you go uh, for that one uh do we got um uh, mjf correctly predicting the results of the tournament yes. in advance he correctly predicted that and he also did the steiner math promo which was cute um, a, little, a little bit on the nose. A little bit on the nose, but you know, you leave it off. He's a funny guy. Uh, his delivery was very funny as well. Um, you know, um, which is just like I think that's the first time someone on a non-indie. I'm sure it's been done ten million times on the indie. I feel like that's the first time someone's done that joke on an actual wrestling show as well. Obviously, it's a very well-known joke online, but I don't think anyone's actually done it on television. I'm not even sure Impact has done it on television. As a, like oh, a, a Impact, uh, Impact must have, I'm sure. Someone, I, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll deep dive their archives there. So someone probably has. In, 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 it's been fucking hell. It's like sixteen years since that actually happened. That was two thousand and seven, seven or eight. Yeah. My God. Uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. Third of their matches. I thought. I actually can't remember the first one. I remember like it was. It was a pretty dominant Cage win. Wasn't. Uh, I remember the second match they had was great because that was the first full arena match AEW did after COVID because they mm, remember before they yeah. went back on the road they did one big last dailies place thing and that was the first match and that was a great match and uh, this was okay it was it was it was good you know I think they work really well together it wasn't um it wasn't uh as good as the pay-per-view match but it was good uh you know I think Brian Cage is good in this role um uh of of, of you know this this kind of heel guy facing people like Page. Strickland came out and watched um, uh, for the duration of the match. 
Um, they had a, a back and forth. Uh, excuse me, uh, Page and Swerve had a back and forth um, uh, about um, uh, their their ongoing beef. Hangman called him out for standing there and watching, and um, they uh, are going to have a match at Wrestle Dream. And uh, Cage jumped Page after the uh, uh, after the the War of Words would Swerve. Uh, and they did a very funny bit where Nana was like, well, this man is getting the boots put to him. I can now turn my back and dance because I have won. I'm the victor of this occasion. But of course, two baby faces came up behind him and it was so long. It was like a Nathan Fielder paced bit. This man was dancing for it felt like 10 minutes with the young buck standing behind him. It was so fucking funny. It's, it took so long that actually Nick Jackson had turned around by the time yeah, he was, turned around. I was like, I was like, are they going to like tap him on the shoulder or something at some stage? It was so, so good. Uh, actually, I think the shoulder tap would have been funnier. And he, and he continued oh. to dance as he turns around. Oh, the old classic... Uh, uh, Tap, uh, they're behind me, aren't they? That old, uh, that old. Mm. Yeah, Nana's great. Uh, the books. I mean, following our conversation about the books, they want to be. They do feel a little bit like what? Like what are the books doing right now? Other than backing up Hangman, they're you know Hangman's I mean? friends. They're Hangman's buddies, and, and they're and, and they, their kitty's buddies. They you know. do that awful. Cut, cut the video, Brandon. Cut the video, Brandon. Oh, I, I fucking hate the young books. Yeah, I. Yeah, they are. They are really kind of. They have done everything there is to do in in this company. Do you well, know what I mean? I, the Young Bucks have to be heels. I they agree with that as well. Yeah. I actually I like the idea we talked about. I, I I think they should be split up and not not will they won't they is Hangman still buddies with the Bucks or oh, what's what's the dynamics here? I, I think they should just split that group up and like really do it definitively. And in fucking ten years time, you can do a reunion tour or something like that. And and just draw a line in the sand and yeah. and have them go their 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 separate ways. I mean, AW have a little bit of a problem of not checking the sell by date on the milk with some things like that. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, that's that. Wrestle Dream, Wrestle Dream coming together pretty Ooh, pretty well, um, I will um, say. Um, 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 um. Uh, Swerve versus Hangman and ZSJ versus Danielson. Um, uh, so two for two on that one. <laughs> Hopefully it helps them sell some tickets because oh, <laughs> it would be nice if they could do that. Um, Garcia was propositioned by Callis. Uh, he danced defiantly in his face, but Callis was like, "Yeah, that's great. I love that. Let's get more of that." So, so I guess he's going to continue peruse, uh, uh, um, uh, trying to uh, uh, tempt uh, Garcia to his the family. I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, then we got the aforementioned Darby Allen, Nick Wayne, Parker, and Menard match. It was all right. It was just kind of a, um, a fairly standard tag. Uh, second match in a row, we got someone doing the coming out and standing on the ramp with their entrance music, which was a bit annoying. If I could do a nitpick of the week on that. Um, uh, so uh, Christian, <laughs> Christian came out and uh, was complaining about the lack of bikini pics on Nick Wayne's mom's Instagram. <laughs> which is outrageous um, and uh, basically uh, uh, complained that, um, uh, you know, his partner lost the coffin match, not him. Mm. So, so he, he, didn't have his, he didn't have his regular tag partner. Ah, well, there you go. So, I, I mean, I would imagine he's probably going to lose this next one as well. And, and, and maybe that is where we're going. <gasps> 
Is Lucha, oh, is Luchasaurus getting kicked to the curb soon? That is actually very interesting. Yeah, so in, in New York mm-hmm. City, baby, love the Mets. We're getting Christian and Luchasaurus versus Sting and Darby. And yeah, I, yeah, maybe Luchasaurus takes the pin in that one. And Christian's like, if only I had a partner slash possibly my brother. <laughs> <laughs> if only I, the TNT champion, had a proper partner. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Like, funny if, if Christian kept the belt after a split. After, after separating? Oh, that would be amazing. That would be so good. Because I love how he's not even like... He's not even doing this silly TNT championship holder. He's not even doing. He's just calling himself the champion now, which is even which is even better. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was good stuff, and uh, also good stuff. We had uh, Samoa Joe defeating Roderick Strong in the Grand Slam Eliminator Tournament Finals. Uh, good match. Um, uh, I do like uh, while he's doing his wacky giant glasses and neck brace routine that Roderick Strong is is doing normal matches. Do you know what I mean? Because he's still because he's Roderick Strong and he's really good. And you know, I don't, you know, I would, uh, you know, didn't want wouldn't want it to descend too much into comedy. But Joe beat him. And um, did they do a schmoz after this? Oh, they did. Yeah. So yeah. Cole came out. Yeah. And they did a thing where where Roddy was like fine after the match, but then he saw Cole and he went, "Oh my neck, my neck." Oh, well, which he actually his timing on it was actually excellent. Yeah. It was actually really really good. Uh, so Roddy, I mean, I, I I thought it started out lame, but I am I'm I'm getting on board with the Roddy thing because I think he is actually far more than any other kind of like speaking performance aspect of wrestling he, I've ever seen him do before. I think he's I think he's nailing this. Um, so um, so yeah, so yeah, MJF versus uh, versus Joe for Grand Slam. Yeah, it had to be, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, why did they bother with this tournament? Why didn't they just have that as a number one contender? Tony match? loves a tournament, mate. Have... He loves a tournament. Always, always be tormenting. Yeah. ABT. ABT. Always be tormenting. Uh, occasionally, uh, ABBR. <laughs> always be battle royaling, you know. Um, uh, so that, that was Dynamite. Dynamite was fun. Uh, uh, it was not... Uh, as it, Even though it's been better the last couple of weeks, it, it is still not feeling essential. I will say that. Uh, I like I, I liked that. I thought it was a, a breezy, breezy two hours with some good matches, some good segments. I mean, it wasn't one of the all-time greats that I'll remember probably even in two months' time. But I thought it was a perfectly good good show. Built Joe up as your as your contender. Like I said last week, one of the more believable contenders they've had for one of these TV special main events. Mm. Um, to the point where I almost wouldn't mind Joe to have a little world title run to be honest oh. you, are, you are not the first I've heard say that and I I, I am in agreement I mm-hmm. think I also think they don't the Cole MJF story doesn't have to have the title that's um, what I was just about to say I think there's this assumption that their title requires or their story requires the title to still be involved until the climax you can have as one of the twists in a story MJF loses the title Maybe Adam Cole wins it off Samoa Joe, and that's yeah. the twist in the tale. I don't foresee that happening. I think MJF is just going to beat Joe. <laughs> but it's, it's wishful thinking. It is wishful wouldn't thinking. That, wouldn't that be an interesting little kink lot, in the tale? Lots of fun matches on the table for Joe. Imagine Joe being like Cassidy's first, uh, uh, you know, I guess he's had world title ch- challenges before, but his first yeah. like big attempt at, at you know, post-IC title. Yeah, mm. I think yeah, I think I think it's wishful thinking, but uh, you know, I think they I, I think they could do that. Uh, I didn't watch uh, Rampage and Collision both looked so dull, so I didn't watch 
I watched both. What a idiot. I mean, uh, is there any crucial stuff we need to know from 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 either of them? Give well, us the, Rampage had the, jade, the final Jade match, yeah, fair yeah. Which which watching it at the end of the match was very obviously. Did a they do off. a kind of a you know applause? Soak it all in moment. The memories alone over the <laughs> the house speakers. No. no, it was just a kind of they. Jade looked a little bit more emotional. They did yeah. a, uh, raised the hand and they did a hug, and Jade left through the ring, and yeah. It was, all that sort of stuff. Um, the show was otherwise what you'd expect. Very unremarkable. AW dark level guff. Mm. Uh, I thought Collision was absolutely abysmal. Go on. Really? Take to it. Uh, yeah, I didn't enjoy it whatsoever. I mean, looking I, at the, the graphics they put out, I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I actually thought on, on paper it looked okay, but it, it I thought it really under-delivered. Um, and I have someone who's been... I would say on the side of being overly forgiving for the new direction of Collision, let's say. So yeah. I've enjoyed the last week. I thought last week was great. And I think next week looks very strong as well. But this mm-hmm. show this show I thought I thought was not particularly weak. The opening match was, was quite good. Big Bill and Ricky Starks uh getting the win over Danielson and Claudio. Starks pinning Danielson after uh an uppercut to the scrotum for the win. <laughs> um Quite a good little match, uh, but that was that was kind of then the peak of the show. Unfortunately, um, we had Young Bucks and Hangman backstage. They did their classic Young Bucks promo, mm. where they're little passive aggressive, sarcastic boys, and said uh, out of the side of their mouth, "Hey, uh, bad guys, how about we have a match?" Uh, Brandon, cut off the camera. Brandon, Brandon, you idiot, Brandon. That's it. That shit they do. That is sucks and is not good ever um they did that anyway they announced the match for grand slam it's a uh, young bucks and hangman against uh cage and the uh the the authors of pain whatever they're called <laughs> what are those boys called gates of agony gates of agony that's them uh for the ring of honor world six man titles Mm. So Hangman and the Bucks could win that. Um, there was a Powerhouse Hobbs and Miro video package. Just on, just on, just on. Sorry, on the Bucks potentially winning those six. I mean, again, that is such like placeholder. Yeah, give it to the Bucks because it's something for them to do. You know what I mean? That does. You know, I I assume I I have to imagine they're winning. They're probably not going to beat those three with the Gates of Agony and Cage. You know, um, that would be a silly thing to happen if it did. You know, yeah. Um, um, then we had FTR against Iron Savages, Boulder and Bronson. Mm. Was that any good? I like Boulder and Bronson. Were they any good? Uh, it, was, it was okay. The, the, I, the, I haven't seen them since they became a trio because they used to with, be the, with the Bear, what, oh, Bear Country. Bear Country, right? yeah. yeah. Now they've got this other lad who does the promo. It wasn't bad. I mean, it gave them something a little bit different. It was, what was, I can't remember this catchphrase, but it's like, Drinking sauce and being horse. Like <laughs> it, was, it was okay for a little. Well, it seems like they're doing an acclaimed scissor style mm. innuendo of their own, where it's like they do a like 
as if they're parting a pair of buttocks and do like a <laughs> thing. But it's like too close. This thing is finally getting back to what it was all about. But it's like it's like too close to the scissoring. It's like too. Maybe it's on purpose because they're going to feud with them or something. Maybe. Have you seen? Have we all got our pre-orders in for those custom acclaimed trios titles? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, there are some men coming to break my legs, but, <laughs> but they got, but AW got their four and a half grand out of me. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I hope the tiles are big enough because I will have no other clothes to wear. <laughs> yeah, you'll be wearing them over your barrel with the suspenders, you know. Um, yeah, potato, anyway. Potato sack. Uh, I mean, the match was fine. I mean, I, I as I said before, this, I think um, Bronson has a good enough look that I think he could do it as a singles. The other fella is too... Don't like say too cuddly and nice again. He's too cuddly and nice. He's too cuddly and nice looking. Sorry. I can't believe this. Can't believe this. this I will say, just... though, they did hit him for the finish with a lovely um, powerplex, which was great. Which we, so, we were picking up last week. The, the, love, the, love the powerplex. Um, I mean, the, it was fine. FTR now are another team. What's, what's going on? What's the plan? Well, what's what, the they're, what they're doing is they're just having matches with like up-and-coming teams. Um, oh, they said that. Yeah, they did say that. Yeah. yeah. And so okay. the workhorsemen came out and challenged them to a match. At All right. I like the workhorsemen. And later in the show, they were challenged to a match at Wrestle Dream by Australian Open. Mm. So that should be good. That'll be good. Um, I see now. I would really like because we, as we've talked about on this show, I'd love an hour. Let's get an hour Aussie Open reset going here, and let's start stop treating these guys like like J Brones. But I, I don't imagine they're they're winning that. They were like um, IWGP champions. That's- yeah, I, I, they, their their booking has been bizarre. I, I, yeah. I don't get that at all. Um, uh, like they one of one of the better signings the company's made, but alas. Um, then we had John Silver against Anthony Bowens. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a that's a that's a YouTube match, you know. Oh. It was very long. Oh. It was very long. Oh, the Dark Order. They just had a match. They're all shit. And John Silver won. What? Oh, they must After, be they must be setting up a trio's. Uh, yeah, uh, there was there was evil on. evil Uno ran interference and he got the pin. Okay. Um, Eddie Kingston backstage dropping dropping f bombs, which was fun. Oh, very good promo. Um, Aussie Open won a match in about. 32 seconds and I, they challenge FTR as I mentioned and then we get to you know we've talked about the perfect segment and we've also talked about the imperfect segment in the past um, I think we need to come up with a new category because what followed here on Collision was maybe the deadest I've ever seen a crowd at a wrestling event for Andrade El Idlo versus yeah. Scorpio Sky this crowd they could died. not have cared less about well, I thought it was a very hot crowd for a lot of the other. They were seemed to be really into everything, just, everything else. But this match, they were just like, hmm, <laughs> the power of Scorpio Sky. It was, yeah, because they were reintroducing Sky. And then I think he got like, obviously not that bad. He got, he got yeah, some degree of minor injury where he's, so they were like, they were like one match into his reintroduction. And then he's been gone and now he's back. Mm. Who's the, Andrade won, presumably, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah I mean, him with that beautiful elbow, which looked great, and then put him in the figure eight for the win. Very nice. But the crowd were just looking out a window. They were scratching their legs. It wasn't like there was like an exodus to go to to piss or go to buy 
beer they were, or whatever. They, they were watching, there. they just didn't care. Yeah. They just didn't care. It was I mean, what's, so what's, what's Andrade done since culminating the, the mask thing? You know, it's, 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 nothing. <laughs> it's a guy post a big angle who's now doing nothing versus a guy who's just back on TV. I mean, that's, sounds but this, like. But the, the thing, as, as I was watching it, 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 it cast me back to Kurt Angle's debut at the Survivor Series, mm. where the crowd were chanting boring at him, and he grabbed the mic and said, You don't call an Olympic champion boring. And the crowd suddenly got into it. I was watching going, what's Scorpio Sky doing here to get the crowd mm. back on board? Was he a baby yet, face in this match? No, Andrade was a baby face. Yeah. And Scorpio Sky did nothing. He just functionally did the match. That's I was bizarre. like, I was like, give Andrade a kick and get up on the second rope and, ah, and get the scream crowd. and go, F you town we're in. You know, mm-hmm. he did. He did nothing. And I mean, when you talk about main event, okay, not even main event, but like upper mid card guys and Scorpio Sky, they're trying to get the ball rolling on him. He showed me zero in this match. For but me, also, say, let's let's put time into this guy. But it's also funny as well that like so obviously Andrade is the bigger star and he is the the babyface. But if I recall correctly, when he when Sky came back a few weeks ago, he was also a babyface because he did like the handshake with Andrade after the match and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so maybe he was just kind of like well like can't tell the crowd to go fuck themselves and I also can't win <laughs> this match. So but, but there's an element of of terrestrial. Oh, yeah, he showed nothing. He showed nothing. Imp- I'm just, improv you know. and yeah, you know, he, okay, it definitely had a vibe of two baby faces heatlessly having a match yeah um but at least do something get the crowds do a little stomp on the apron or do something yeah do a something yeah do something mm-hmm. nothing and the crowd i mean i've you've could have heard a pin drop during this match um until the end when the bullet club gold made their oh, presence felt the bang bang up. gang guns up doing what targeting and, and we have a match yeah. made for next week's collision and this is what I call a staying up to watch it live match. Who next week, next week you get Andrade against Jay White Ooh. on AW Collision. Yes, Ooh. please. Yes, yes, yes. Delicious, mm. delicioso. Mm. Um, yeah. That sounds good. And what was the main event? Uh, the main event. Well, hang on. Before we get to the main oh, event, sorry, we, we got to get to the second dead crowd match of the evening: the Righteous against the Hardys. Oh, the Hardys uh, oh. on double. They were on ramp. No, they weren't on rampage. They were on rampage. They were on rampage. Man tag action. Oh, uh, this match uh, was. Uh, ooh, this was me looking out a window. <laughs> I was better than the crowd were for the Scorpio Sky match. The Hardys, man. Uh, what the righteous. The? Hardys oh. doing the job for the righteous as well. Well, I, I'm fine with that. I have no use for the Hardys. I'm like, let's live either. I, I don't give a fuck if it, if it was the righteous or two local indie guys. Get use the Hardys to fucking get some new people over. I have no interest in watching that, and I fucking love the Hardys. Don't get me wrong; we're all kids of the Attitude Era, all right. We're all kids of the TLC era. Yeah, get fucking rid. get away with the Hardys. I'm like, I've I've never. I don't think I. I think I've seen the Righteous under different names before they were the Righteous. I haven't seen them doing this act. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. Whatever, give it a go. I have no, and especially if Edge is coming in, I have no 
Let me just say, I do not want to see the Hardys in a major match. Whatever that match do. may Let's be. Let's do, do a ladder match. No, match. no. They're, they're, doing, they're, doing, they're doing TLC match. 3. With, they're bringing yeah. the Dudleys in. Yeah, bring Brother Diva and Brother Ray in. I, 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 the honestly, I, if, they're, if they're going to do it, they should bring up. They should bring those lads in. They won't, if, if they're going to do the, 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 the two teams, they should bring... Yeah, why not? I mean, why yeah, in, the, in the main event of AW Rampage. Can't wait. <laughs> I mean, it's like... They've already because when when they were when they were when the four when the Dudleys and the Hardys were in TNA they did more than their share of callbacks but obviously they could never get Edge and Christian mm-hmm. if 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 as much as I'm just saying I don't want to see the Hardys and I don't want to see them do an Edge and Christian series if they're going to do it I would, and as annoying as Bully Ray is I would absolutely give the Dudleys a call because it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna go for the nostalgia go for the fucking nostalgia do you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but oh my god the Hardys anyway also on. before our main event Ricky Starks was interviewed and he said I don't think Jay White against Andrade is enough stay up late material for the uh, Saturday night collision colliders let's also do Ricky Starks Brian Danison in a Texas death match see us next week what? I didn't hear that <laughs> I said no. yes please oh, yes I'm, please I'm a- Get a region. Uh, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be staying up to watch that. I'd be staying up to watch that. Oh. Yeah. So next week's collision is looking like there's some tasty morsels for us. Uh, main, event, main event was Statlander against Britt Baker. Uh, Statlander got the win. Uh, a, roll, a roll through of the lockjaw. Got the shoulders down for the one, two, three. And the Statlander was celebrating. Who's that in the crowd? Julia Hart looking on. Oh. So, mm, give me that belt. Just like so look, sta- this, this stabbing, collision- a, stabbing a, a what, what the fuck are those dolls called? Voodoo dolls. Voodoo I was like, dolls. why did that escape me? I don't know. It's like a little Chris Statlander just to. So this show, so much shit in the middle of it. Matches that with dead crowds, nothing happening. Two good matches made for next week, notwithstanding, and a good tag match at the beginning. I think the weakest collision they've done to yeah. date. Okay, well, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully next week. Uh, you, Joe you, might not disagree. I think uh, for me, the week was more the mid. Match. Thumbs in the middle. I didn't think it was ba- that bad. There were some very. There were some. When I was watching Scorpio Sky and the Righteous, I I was kind of getting into. I could be doing literally anything else right now. Territory. You, you didn't stay up for that one, did you? I I yeah. Why watched did you Why did you stay up for that? I watch Collision Live every week. You buffoon, Joe. Because then Saturday I have free for watching football and not worrying about fitting a two-hour fucking rest of the show in. That's fair enough. Um, but yeah, uh, the 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 middle of this was a total slog. But luckily we got some good matches for next week, so not not all is lost. Joe, you were a bit softer on it. Thought it was all right. I thought it was, it was, yeah, a mid, middle, middle road, middle of the road okay. kind of thing. It was all right, not, not very. Hopefully, hopefully next week you can say, well, it was a filler episode because this one was a banger. Sounds mm. like next week. That's we'll fine. Be good. That's we'll fine. See. That's wrestling guff. Uh, so yeah, lots to look forward to. And obviously, so we've got a big collision, but also next week is also Grand Slam, which will be, Woo! which will be. Um, oh, maybe that's uh, why they're doing a big collision because Grand Slam yeah. is going to be. But it's so Grand Slam is not from Arthur Ashe, funnily enough. So they'll probably do a, a bigger than usual rampage because they'll be taping that at Arthur Ashe. Collision yeah, is in general. But it, yeah, it's not yeah. being billed as Grand Slam Collision, though. It's only no, no, Grand no, Slam no, no, no. Diamond, Grand Slam Rampage. Because it's not, it's not yeah. in Arthur Ashe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah. So, so Collision is just a big episode of Collision. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting, though. They could, have, they could still have that branding for the week, surely, even though it's not in the same... <laughs> No, you, if, if it's not in the tennis venue, it's, it's a tennis thing. Yeah. But, but have some other branding for it then. Have it as. Yeah. Do it's, something it's, with it's, it. It's the biggest week in, in fall in AW. You got Grand Slam and you got. AW. Spice Collision. AW Shuttlecock. <laughs> collision. 
Uh, anyway, that's the wrestling off this week. We'll follow up on those big shows next week. Talk about the films here, and I will jaunt to the talkies for the week. Mm. Uh, I watched, following on from a few weeks ago when I watched Possessor, which I absolutely loved, from Al, uh, Al Cronenberg Jr. Uh, uh, he held Del Cronenberg. He held Del Cronenberg. I watched his 2023 joint, Infinity Pool, with Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth. I mean, they were definitely thinking of Mia Goth when they wrote this film. It is the most perfectly weird unhinged character for her to play uh of her of her young career so infinity pool is sort of like if you crossed white lotus with some sort of um it's a, it's it's a Cronenberg body horror. White Lotus basically is is um, the way I describe it. I actually don't want to get too much into the plot because, despite the fact that this was a reasonably well marketed film for an oddball R rated Cronenberg thing, the marketing was pretty good for it. I actually didn't really know what it was about because um, the marketing made sure to obfuscate that to a certain degree. So I, I don't want to get too into it. Basically, Skarsgård plays a, a guy in a on vacation in a very White Lotus-esque location in a fictional country that's, that's kind of shown as to be very kind of... There's a harsh border between your fancy White Lotus villa and the normal folk, right? You don't want to go out there and be sullied by them normal folk. Uh, they uh, This couple meets uh, Mia Goth and her boyfriend. They are uh, regulars at this. I, I'm just going to keep calling it the White Lotus because it's li- it looks so much like it. It is so that type of tone. And, and the themes of the film very broadly are, are just the insane uh, uh, hedonism and, and endless kind of like, you know, indulgence of the rich, right, of the super rich. They meet this couple who are regulars there and they start getting intoxicated with their way of living. And there is a there is a supernatural twist to the film that I won't spoil, but very much like Possessor, you know, Possessor doesn't go over the top with its sci-fi fantasy stuff. It's kind of just they're just kind of very matter of fact about it. And, and the film itself is relatively grounded. This one also is as well. It's not super high fantasy. It's not super deep sci-fi. There's just a, 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 a sort of uh, um, sci-fi fantasy element to the plot that allows it to go in some bizarre uh, uh, directions. And it, I thought it was great. Again, um, uh, I not quite as good as Possessor, but I thought it was really, really, really great. Really unsettling, obviously, really weird, tons of very odd visuals. It's violent, but it's not It's not as grotesque as Possessor. I would say it's probably more watchable than Possessor if you are put off by extreme levels of gore. But it's it's off-putting in other ways. It's a very weird film in, in, in a great way. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, El Hijo del Cronenberg, he is, he is quickly becoming one of my one of my favorite um, uh, filmmakers these days. It is great. And as uh, Skarsgård, great, uh, as, as he usually is. I, I mean, Mia Goth, I'm a, a huge champion of the Goth. And like, this is the most, like I said, he must have been thinking about her when he was writing. This is like, there's one fucking actor I have to get for this film because she flits back and forth between kind of this kind of, ditzy airy fairy could be straight out of white lotus character and then a mental cronenberg psychopath character that 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 you won't just goes completely off the wall great 
Infinity Pool, great. If you're in any way interested in in in, in horror or, or sci-fi, I would say uh, get that in you. Uh, it is now on your various uh, rental platforms. We rented it on Google because it's not out on, on any of the sub-services yet. But yeah, Infinity Pool, two thumbs up on that one. I, and that's all I, I saw this week. I just looked up Mia Goth. She's from Sydney. What the fuck? She's from what? She went to school like where I live down, down the road. Well, from she's here. extremely hard to place where she's from when you hear her she's speak because over, she does. But, yeah. She does have this high pitched British, but also uh, maybe like worked for many years in Australia and also America. She's very hard to 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 place with her. She's got a very unusual voice, which makes her perfect for an oddball film like mm. this. Uh, but she's great. I mean, she's really fantastic. Um, uh, but yeah. Infinity Pool, recommended on your various uh, uh, marketplaces now. Uh, what have you boys been watching this week? New films for me. Two for me. I watched, uh, rewatched uh, Wes Anderson's Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Mm-hmm. Um, of all, I've seen you know all Wes Anderson's films, but I think this was one of the first ones I'd seen. So it, I kind of had mostly forgotten it. So I wanted to revisit it to kind of see where it fits in my in my Wes Anderson rankings um, the answer is kind of somewhere in the middle I, I still quite enjoy it um, I don't think it's as strong as some of the better ones your your Tenenbaums your Budapest Hotel I probably don't even like it as much as Moonrise Kingdom or Darjeeling Limited which is my favorite one or even something like French Dispatch um, I think it's a little saggy in the middle but I still think it's got enough of a driving force to uh, propel it from start to finish, which I thought was the big biggest problem I had with um, Asteroid City. I thought it was a little too flimsy and a little too, look at these lovely vibes of this movie, but actually nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah. Live Aquatic has at least some some core uh, character dynamics and stuff happening for, for you to, uh, to follow throughout the movie. It actually goes on a little adventure. Like I said, a little bit slower in the middle, a little bit um, slightly flabby. I would say it's a little long. Hmm. Uh, but it's got really good performances. I, I, like, I really like Owen Wilson in it. Um, and obviously Bill Murray's in the lead. Uh, it's very Wes Anderson-y. It definitely, you know, it's, it's him in full flow by this stage. I think Tenenbaums, you're, you're still only kind of seeing flashes of what we were to get. I think by, by Life Aquatic, he's full on doing the Wes Anderson thing. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, otherwise very enjoyable. Uh, and then I took myself to the cinema to see a new Ooh. release this week, uh, A Haunting in Venice, mm. which is the new Hercule Poirot film starring Kenneth Branagh Mr. and directed Branagh. by... And directed by... Hoping to bounce back from Death on the Nile. Uh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a very a mixed bag. There's certain things about it that work quite well, and there's a lot about it that I didn't think works very well at all. Uh, so I'll start with the positives. I, I went to two stars on it, so I went relatively low, I'll say, first of all. But here's the things that I, I thought were good about it. So it's kind of... Uh, it's it's a murder mystery framed within kind of horror genre trappings. So it has a lot of horror elements to it. The trailer was very kind of see this is Halloween. Yes. And it the trailer isn't misleading. The film is definitely mm. has elements of that. And they work and they make it feel fresh because there's so only so many times you can take Poirot with a bunch of rich people on a boat. 
<laughs> they're not on a boat. They were on a train. Now it's a, then it was a boat. Now it's a what is it? Haunted yeah, house. Under, Evil under the sun has a haunted house some, ride at the fair oh, as well. Um, <laughs> this one, this one obviously has a little bit more of a, a Dartmoor feeling from the the Hitman game. It's kind of like a big. Uh, it's a big Venetian uh, palacio. Mm. Big, uh, so if you've watched the uh, Mission Impossible recently, you'll recognize some of the Venice locations from that or uh don't look now which i also watched fairly recently uh, a lot of venice space films uh so the horror stuff works and and differentiates this kind of movie from your typical even your 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 uh glass onion and knives mm. out which can all kind of have the same kind of tone and feeling to them this feels like it stands out a little bit um good cast tina fey joins as uh uh, semi-autobiographical question mark Agatha Christie type character um, and uh, and I, I think it's the best looking of the three films as well there's a lot of interesting camera work good edits snap edits for, uh, there's one bit where um, there's a match edit where someone falls into one of the um, I guess in, you know canals in, in Venice and it kind of match cuts that to a, a boat coming out I thought it was very well done um, so on a technical level, I thought it was quite well done as well. Uh, now for the negative, hmm. um, I think as a murder mystery, I think it's the weakest of the three Branas. Okay, the clues that it the breadcrumbs it drops for you are either way too obvious, or they just don't allude to things at all, which I always hate in a murder mystery, where it mm. in the uh, reveal they show you information that you weren't privy to up to that point. So you're like, well, I can't work it out then. You're, you're like intentionally hiding information from us. Um, so there's, there's too much contrivance, too much. As I said, the reveal is, is a little, is weak. One of the weaker uh, that I've seen. And I'll include the knives out films in that as well. So I definitely, from a story point of view, didn't uh, get along with it at all. I didn't like much of the performances in it either. I thought performances generally were poor uh, across the board. Um, who'd, you have, who'd you have in this one? Uh, well, I presume they had a lower budget because a lot of the cast were not people whose names I would okay. uh, yeah. necessarily recognize, apart from I mentioned um, Tina Fey, Brana. Mm. Uh, there's, a, there's a few faces you might recognize. You have Kelly Riley in there, Michelle Yeoh. Okay, yeah. Uh, who was probably one of the better ones? Jamie Dornan, who I really thought was rubbish in it. Um, yeah, he's brand sorry, Dornan. You know, he didn't convince me in this one. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was. I thought it was pretty weak. Pretty okay. weak uh, uh, in pretty much every non-technical uh, aspect, really. Um, I'd say it's better than Death on the Nile. I thought Death on the Nile was absolutely horrendous. This one is is, and also it's it's quite short. You're looking at about. 95 minutes not counting the credits so you're kind of in and out and it moves it moves along at a breezy pace i would even say at times a little too breezy where there's one or two scenes feel like are maybe missing from the setup um so yeah so i give it a a, a thumbs in the middle slightly down for me okay um watch evil under the sun instead if you're in the mood for a a poirot style adventure dip into the back catalog there's there's better out there 
you reminded me there while talking about um uh while talking about like aquatic i forgot i actually did see another film this week. i did see asteroid city this week i forgot to oh, put it on the list okay. saw it at the local theater um i was i it was lovely i thought it was so nice i i thought it was it's so funny to me that the the go-to thing for people when they want to show off an AI is, what if Wes Anderson made Batman 3, the Joel Schumacher version? It would look a little something like this. I was like, it's so funny that the reason they do that is because even if this isn't your favorite Wes Anderson film, it's so densely packed with heart and personality and by gum old-fashioned filmmaking with a proper set and it's mattering where people stand and that <laughs> and things in certain places and that all them real important things it is just i mean it is uh, to a t it is one of his films and it was yeah a little little meandering you know a little um uh, you know uh, a little meandering and and maybe not uh you know his funniest or 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 what have you but i i love that like it weaves into it ideas about the marriage of stage and film and it has this set that rather than it it, it, it like the set is almost impossible to describe of the film because it all, it looks kind of handmade in a stage kind of way but it's 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 just it's i won't waste my breath trying to sum up the the incredibly creative way the film looks but yeah i absolutely loved it i absolutely loved it and um you know it, it's it's one of those films that you just it's like a palate cleanser from so much uh, shite that we all watch collectively in modern films it's just so real and old-fashioned and also has every actor you've ever liked in it which is uh which is great al cranston in there among others um yeah uh that is movie guff for the week probably jump into telly what's the what's the what's the debut of live live event golf joe give us give us the oh, hits we've got a couple of live events this week i don't have any movies on tv because well we were out for two nights of live events yeah um but monday went to a play a play oh, at, um, la -da. at the Soho Theatre in London. Mm. Um, but don't worry, lads, it was funny. It wasn't It wasn't a real proper play. It was nah, actually yeah. like, funny and entertaining. Um, <laughs> so this, this uh, comedian slash actress, Kate Berlant, who did a, a hit run in, I want to say, Broadway or off-Broadway, New York, you know, somewhere somewhere there um she has a show where she kind of plays a very um fictionalized version of herself um and she kind of tells her own life story as becoming an actress but it's all very uh kind of over the top very knowing lots of breaking the fourth wall talking to the audience lots of kind of self-referential humor in it about how she's this actress who's uh, too big for the for the cameras. She can only perform in theatre because she's just so uh, performances are so big. Um, so it was it was very 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 good. It's quite a small space. I think it's like two hundred people in there. It's a very very intimate. Um, there's lots of kind of meta stuff going on. So when as we were going up the stairs to the theatre, she was coming down the stairs wearing a sign that said "Please ignore me," uh, <laughs> accompanied by a member of staff. And then before the before the play started, there was an announcement that could could Steve please go to the uh, 
<laughs> go to reception and collect his tickets, please. And that turned out to be a fictional representative from Disney Plus who was supposed to be at the play but didn't Excellent. actually show up. Anyway, so it was a lot of that kind of stuff. It was it was very, very funny. And her, her performance is magnificent. She kind of plays off the crowd as well, really well. <laughs> so, so it was fantastic. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And um, I would, I, I don't think she'd be doing a, a kind of a long run in London. Mm. Uh, so I can't exactly say, oh, yeah, pop along and see it because it's a play. It's on just there. But if if she ever does it again or if there's a recording released, then I would certainly recommend checking it out because it was very good. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to go and see more plays that were like that. I don't want to see the sort of normal play where it's like a load of people in silly outfits going, hoth, doth, hoth, protest, yeah. and all that. I'd keep that. Bollocks, not interested. Yeah, make it funny and good, then I'll go and see it. So that's my Just review. Two simple, two simple steps to success on the Chair Shop Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it good. What else um, did you do? So that was a lot of fun, and then oh, and after that, we had a, a, a double pleasure. We met up with a friend of the forum, uh, Fitz Andrew Fitzsimmons. Uh, you may remember from back in the day. Yeah, he happened to be. He's he's been in London for a week, and he was in around central London. So we met up with him, little Fitzy. Uh, he's not that small, actually. He's taller than I thought. Yeah, he's quite tall, isn't he? Yeah. He's, well, he's same height as me, so not that tall. But it's funny though, as you were describing the show, I'd forgotten that you met him, and I was like, it sounds like something he would probably have actually really enjoyed based on his <laughs> yeah. his, his, his uh, improv and all that. He likes he? his yeah. comedy and stuff. So yeah, I thought yeah. you were saying you had, he met him coming out of the thing. Yeah, so that's we, cool. We met up with him at the Lego store in Leicester Square. Um, I did pop in Everyone and say, Everyone was Look. laughing, this dickhead in Ireland. I'm, I'm, post, I'm posting in pencil shavings. I, got like, I just sent him an empty envelope. It was great. Yeah, I looked behind the counter and they had a pile of 500 little grey pieces <laughs> of Lego. I was like, oh, can I have one of that? Oh, don't worry, don't worry. Too late. Too late. Uh, um, yeah, so we went for a pint with him. That was a lot of fun. And we, um, we got him to say the immortal line, uh, Barry, you don't know shit about video games. It's his catchphrase. Um, which was, you know, from back in the IRC days. So that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun as well. Um, so that was great. And then on Friday night, we were at the O2 Arena in London. And we saw the Sugar Babes do a kind of one night only concert at the O2. I was um, just about to ask. I didn't realize they were like back. But I guess they're The original not really three lineup. The three girls that were originally there, they've kind of reformed now and are releasing new music and they're doing... Oh, really? Oh, wow. Well, I don't know they're doing a big tour. They are doing some dates, but they, this was kind of a one-off. Mm. Um, good crowd. It was it was not quite sold out. They'd had blocked off the hard cam side, you know, a little ah, bit yes, at the top. But most, the floor, all the lower, everything else was sold out. It was a very good crowd. 81,000, um, you know. Yeah, and they did. They did all the hits. They've got quite a few hits when you when you kind of hear them. Oh, yeah, I like the Sugar um, Babes. Yeah. They are they are very good. They got that thing is when you say the name Sugar Babes, it makes them sound like a really cheesy kind of shitty pop <laughs> pop girl group band. But they do actually have, you know, they write the songs. They are very good singers. Like they have a lot of good ones. But yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't it sound like a one hit wonder? Like it's, a post yeah. a post Spice Girls. Oh, there was a million people trying to do it, uh, including the Sugar Babes. They had yeah. this one song you may have heard of, but no. They they had they had some they were around for a while as well obviously had, the two different yeah. versions you know they had, a, they had a lot of hits um thing is like michelle michelle was obviously there she didn't she doesn't know any of any of their songs because none of them really crossed over to america right. which is strange because i think they're all they're kind of songs that would have done really well yeah Maybe they thought they would have done well yeah um the but yeah it was a it was a really a really good time and we had seats in the uh, the front of our section which means we didn't have to stand up as well which 
for me was a bonus because I had to walk 18 miles the next day. So I was very pleased to just sit there Excellent. and watch the songs and enjoy that. So that it was is, really, really good. Thinking of the era of the Sugar Babes, it is funny that mm. the concept of trying to break America doesn't really exist anymore. I think because mm. of YouTube and Spotify and the internet and stuff, like if you get big enough here or in the UK, yeah. like, you know, Lewis Capaldi and Ed Sheeran and so on, mm. they just via momentum they just kind of automatically get picked up in the states whereas like back in the day kids back in the attitude era it wasn't it wasn't an automatic thing that the big brit or irish acts just automatic it was it was Mm. uh, that's why that's where the phrase trying to crack america comes from because people would go and die a death get on a boat travel over to america for six weeks you know hopefully don't hit an iceberg and then arrive in new york (laughs) and start performing household names like I, I don't think like mm. girls allowed ever properly broke the states Not despite really, the no. proper household names proper like stadium fillers here you know um, yeah mm. yeah sugar babes are an interesting one bit of a time capsule but yeah, yeah i hope uh, hopefully there's more live event guff yeah. in our near future uh, we'll segue into staying inside though because the outside world is scary uh, telling off not much for me this week I watched a couple more episodes of Psych Odyssey which is which is just really really great on, on the old YouTube and uh, after our second run through of Frasier me and Brona were like alright we, we, she said will we start Malcolm in the Middle again I was like you I was like she hadn't even seen that before we started going out we've now watched that show twice through to completion as I was as well as Fraser, like we have to watch something else, and so we also showed that she had seen before that I hadn't seen before, which is Workaholics, uh, which I had. I don't really know any, didn't really know anything about it at all before we sat down to watch the first episode. I know it's very well regarded; it's been around for I think it had eleven seasons or whatever it is. It finished there a couple of years ago, uh, so I've only got one episode to report on. But I thought it was quite funny. It's kind of a. Uh, it's not really an office sitcom. It's kind of about these guys who work together who are kind of burnout losers and 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 kind of mm. time wasting in the office and and living a kind of uh, stoner loser existence outside of the office. I thought the first episode was 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 funny. It it, it hooked me enough I you know um to to stick with it. Uh so I'll report back on that in the coming weeks. That is all on Paramount. I love work. I think it's one of the I want to say that uh, like modern comedies aren't funny, but it's one of the few shows that genuinely really makes me laugh. Like every episode, it's, uh, yeah, it's just I, not funny. You know what I mean? They're just trying to be funny. You know, yeah. it's not kind of pre- there's no pretension to it. It's just no silly, funny stupidness. It's great. The, the one thing, the one thing that I knew about this show, because again, I, I other than I knew, I knew the name and I knew the broad premise. I, mm. I really have not even heard much about it over the years. The one thing I knew was like a couple of months ago. It was fairly recent. Someone had posted on Twitter, it was like a storyboard from their writer's room. Hmm. And they had like they had like a list of joke types to not do. And it was like it was the quintessential, it was the he's behind me, isn't he? It hmm. was the so that happened. And I looked at that and I was like, right, well, these guys know what they're talking about. Because yeah. they had list they had listed every trite shit joke imaginable for their writer's yeah. room. This is what this is what we don't do. And I was like, all right, all right, you're you're winning me over. You're winning me over. So <laughs> yeah. um yeah, I'll report back on that. We'll be we'll be binging that uh, uh in the in the coming weeks, I'm sure. But yeah, nothing else new uh, uh for us. Uh, I've been watching season seven of Taskmaster. Slowly making my way through the Taskmaster back catalog. It seems like they make more episodes than as quick as I can watch them. <laughs> Because I just heard they're, they're mm. now doing season 15. I feel like when I started watching, they're only on season 12 or something. Seems um, like probably a yeah, quick and easy show to produce, I'd imagine. I would imagine so. Um, and it's also a quick and easy show to watch, more hey. importantly. My God, I get through 
serious amount of Taskmaster. It's um, it's perfect for someone like me who kind of cycles in and out of shows. It's great to just have always have one show on the list that you can just stick on no matter what. It, it almost bordering on a watch in the background show, but I'm usually paying attention to it, and you could just get through a handful of episodes like it's nobody's business, you know. Very, very, very enjoyable. I mean, I initially got into it as someone who just watched the clips on, you know, on YouTube. Yeah. But actually, there is a joy to like actually following the series, mm. watching the episodes, you know, following the scores from episode to episode, having your favorites that you hope win adds an extra layer to it. I will say Carrie Godelman is still not my favorite contestant ever, but uh, ah, I love Taskmaster. Love it, love it, love it. I do think after the season, I'm going to take a break, get back into Mad Men, let some other shows take over again. But this last week where I've had my operation and done all of mm. you know, this, that, mm. it's just too easy to be like, sit down. What do I want to stick on? <sighs> Taskmaster. Yeah. Yeah. The it's nice to have show. a show like that, though. It is nice to have that. For sure. Uh, that is it for the telly. Not much telly this week from us. Uh, we'll do our, our, our weekly Starfield check-in. Where are you at, Paul? I'm put a couple more hours into it, and I'm I'm like every time I'm kind of like I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this. Like I think the shooting feels good. Oh, I got a cool new gun, and then I just like unintentionally I just I guess I just pick bad missions. I I look at my watch and I'm like. I've just spent 90 minutes just, like, walking back and forth. I just picked the wrong quests that all just involved picking things up and bringing them back to right. people. I'm so hot and cold with that game. I'm liking bits of it, and then I, I, I find myself going, what have I done with my time, my precious free time, you know? Uh, I kind of went back, kind of like you were saying you were doing, and I kind of went back to New Atlantis. I was like, all right, let's, let's do some of the stuff here, and let's see what this game spits out of me. And I just, I didn't find a whole lot of it very stimulating, so I'm... I'm, I'm, uh, I'm veering close to throwing in the towel on it. Where, where are you at with it? Uh, I mean, before Starfield came out, there was a lot of talk about it's a game that gets really good after X amount of hours. Yeah, and people weren't really—I don't know—you know, obviously what different people have listened to in terms of coverage of the game. But of the people that I listen to, they're being kind of a little bit withholding about why that why is. Why that is, film. yeah. Uh, so I think I've now reached the point at which the game starts getting good. Um, now, I haven't gone for much further past that, but I, c- I can already see, okay, this is going to unlock certain things that you can't do in the first hours to make the game a little bit more fun to explore. I mean, it's not much exploration in it, but explore and resource management and all that stuff. Like to the point where I had heard people talking about like on your first playthrough, just do the main story and then do all the exploration, do everything else on like a new game plus. And so it seems to be without obviously still spoiling anything what it is, but it seems to be tied to kind of extra abilities you unlock in a tears of the kingdom kind of way where tears of the kingdom gives you all of, or, or even breath of the wild, they give you all of these abilities at the start of the game. Now go forth and figure it out. This seems to kind of drip feed you that 15 hours into the game, um, which is a, an odd way of doing it. I think that's why people are talking about maybe don't do all your exploration right away because there are certain things that you will unlock later that make, I don't want to say quality of life improvements, but mm. maybe certainly make that element of the game a little bit more fun. Uh, I'm still having a lot of fun with it, I, but then 
I'm also digging deep into the the narratives and the little side quests and trying to squeeze as much out of it. Like I very rarely will skip dialogue when I'm talking to a character and try to find out much about the. I mean, I think the world building is very strong in it, even though the exploration is kind of proportionately weak to that. I I, I still love when I find a, a little weird side quest. Like I, I just had one where I had to uh, poison or not poison, but like. Uh, ruin a, a, a beer breweries uh beer production mm. so that the person can put more time and effort into the other crops and and supporting the the poor people of this uh world where i am and it's like yeah you're, you're kind of given the choice of okay do i want to help those people with that and and then it's a fun quest where you're going in and sneaking in at night and changing the settings on the beer machine <laughs> to, to make the beer go bad turn it up by five degrees and that's the stuff that i think is, is the strength of the game that's the stuff i always liked in skyrim and especially fallout where i think that tone kind of worked the, the best in fallout 4 for example um obviously the killer of starfield is still the lack of exploration and mm. going from point a to point b to do a quest and hey let's see what's on the way let's see what else i find that's still the element that's really missing from the game. I think all the other elements are more or less still good to where, you know, the previous games were. I'm like level 17 now, I think, in Starfield. Um, I don't know where you are, for example, but... I'm only about 12, I think. But one thing I've also started to do is put skill points into the uh, various skills tied to your ship and flying your ship. Because I find that at level 17, I still get annihilated whenever I go into a space battle. Um, and I, I, I think I realized the reason for that is because I didn't pick a starting personality or whatever you call it that had anything tied to my ship. So I hadn't unlocked the thrusters yet or mm, properly using my, you know. So I've tried to put a little bit of time into um, bringing those up because some of the even some of the main quests leave me off beside a planet where there's some people flying around shooting i just get killed straight away every time because i still have that initial frontier ship no upgrades no upgrade to my skilled so you know it's one thing you have to do is a a little bit of time into upgrading your ship and upgrading your skills so Mm. that you don't just get killed every time you go into space because otherwise I'm kill. I have some great guns, and actually, one thing I really like that they've done is the introduction of like the rare, epic, and legendary drops. Hmm. And I, that's like randomized, right? That's procedurally generated. Uh, you know, so you go to a place and you get the item. You're not going to get the same item as as your friend who does the same thing. But I've got some <laughs> really fun guns that have really fun effects. So I have a uh, drum beat which uh, it randomly will shoot out an explosive barrel. Right. So I'll, I'll be shooting people, and every now and then it shoots a grenade at them <laughs> instead of a typical, you know, shot. Um, or a really strong shotgun with a big scope on it. Like, I do like the the variance in the weapons they can find. Mm. As far as armor and stuff goes, I pay very little attention to that because it's really just how good is the defense? I, I haven't found really any spacesuits or anything that have any interesting extra functionalities to them. But the guns, I found a lot of really fun extra guns. Like I have I have uh, one gun that sets people on fire randomly as well, which is quite fun. 
so yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm still very much enjoying it. Like I said, I think I've passed the threshold where I've started to unlock some extra stuff that uh, wasn't available in the first. I, I guess I must be 17, 18 hours in at this stage, um, which is making exploration a little bit more fun and also battle more fun. So I I, I won't spoil what any of that stuff is because when I first unlocked the thing, I was like, oh, that's really fun and that's cool, and now I'm using it in 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 battles and stuff, but. It's it is uh, objectively a pain that you don't get that until you're potentially more than ten hours into the game. By which point, a lot of people will have already fallen off and made their minds up about it. That seems like poor game design to me. Hmm. And a lot of this game, a lot of the problems with the game are purely poor game design because I feel like there is enough good stuff in there that it's still um, still good enough to stand on its own two feet. But even stuff like you know that you can find magazines that give you like a perk a permanent perk to mm. one of your stats that's too close to the way they did it in fallout it's, it feels like they haven't put any extra thought into it yeah we'll just do that thing for fallout well no because that works in fallout because that's in line with the tone of that game there should be a different way in in starfield you should find a little booth or something and you go in and stick your arm in it and it gives you a little it all feels very familiar. That is another thing about it. Perhaps yeah. a bit for, for for like a developer that takes so long to produce these flagship entries in their catalog. It, it all feels like you pick it up and within a couple of minutes, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's one of these, you know. But Starfield also feels like whereas Fallout has its own tone and the vats and all of that and El- uh, I'm going to say Elden Ring, the other one. Uh, Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls, yeah has kind of the the fancy setting and dual wielding spells and all that. Starfield, it feels like, doesn't quite have its own gimmick. Yeah. It's just it's just Fallout with fewer things in space. Yeah. I, I, I wish there was something that wasn't in Fallout that you only get in Starfield. A mechanic or a ability something. or something. But there's not. There's nothing. Just that some planets have weird gravity. Okay. That's it. Um, elsewhere on the game front, I have been playing Mortal Kombat 1. It's Mortal Kombat time again. Yeah. Um, it is, I mean, I will say straight away when you boot it up, it is very much a, a thrill house situation. I mean, this really <laughs> looks and feels and sounds like a next gen game. Uh, I'm playing it on the Xbox, and it is one of those kind of like, oh, I'm glad I'm playing this on the big telly, you know, games. It fucking looks unbelievable. It sounds great. Um, Yeah, it's it's really good. So they so they are they are they're rebooting the story again, but in a way where one of the characters is aware they're rebooting the story. So in the end of the last game, Liu Kang becomes a god and basically resets time. And he says, well, right, I'm going to do it proper this time, lads. No scrapping, no killing each other. We're going to, it's going to all be great. And that's where this game uh, takes off. And they, they reintroduce all the characters and they really take their time. Like I'm only a couple, I'm about an hour or so into the, the main story mode. They really take their time to introduce all the characters. I remember the last time they did a reboot, which was like 2010, I think it was, like, um, like in the first act of the story, like, uh, like Johnny Cage, I feel like I just just show up and they're just like, what the hell? What's going on here? Some kind of tournament? Anyway, let's fight. Whereas in this one, they like introduce everyone. Here's who this person is. Here's, you know, where they are in their life. They're really because obviously they've honed their storytelling chops so much over the last 10 years as the, the premier story mode in fighting games. 
and yeah it's really good uh, uh it feels good they've got a kind of a it's not a tag fighter, but they kind of have a tag system where basically you pick your fighter and then you pick a guy to back you up. And the right bumper is basically your guy comes in and does an attack. Uh, yeah. And that's controlled by a meter. Super satisfying, super fast. The characters are all familiar Mortal Kombat characters. So you if you pick um, Sub-Zero as your cameo, when you press RB, he comes in and he throws the ice ball and then you freeze your guy. So that's the kind of that's kind of the main gimmick they've attached to uh, to it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm still fairly early, but it feels great. Um, uh, you know, these games have felt very good for a number of years now. Um, it doesn't feel dramatically different, but that's good. You know, I, I didn't want them to reinvent the wheel. Um, and uh, yeah, I think this is a, I, I think this would be a good jumping in point for any kind of curious players who maybe don't play these games very often. They have a great tutorial. They've had a great tutorial for the last few years. They've got a cinematic story that people can play. And also, I think they've kept the mechanics fairly simple. That that tag mechanic, the cameo mechanic I mentioned, that's about as complicated as it gets. I remember MK11, which was the last one, they had a character customizer thing, which was not just cosmetic. You could, like, you could have two different, like, for lack of a better time term, to use, like, a first-person shooter vernacular, you could have, like, separate loadouts of Scorpion, right? So I've customized him so this one has a long-range attack, and this one's loaded. They did away with all that. I thought that was interesting, but it was one extra layer of meta to keep track of. They got rid of that, and so now the game is very pick-up-and-play, I feel. Um, and, yeah, it's great. I, I, I'm really enjoying it. I think it doesn't reinvent the wheel, but it does refine what they've been doing for the last few the last few of these games, um, and I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's MK1. This will probably keep me busy until next month when 10 million games come out. Um, <laughs> one, thing, one thing I've been watching, I forgot to mention earlier, was uh, Barry play Mario Galaxy. Oh, I didn't even talk about that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very enjoyable. I will say not obviously as entertaining from a pure uh, sadomasochist point of view as Mario Sunshine was. Oh. But still, a very, a very, a very fun playthrough. Um, I'm very much enjoying it so far. I, I've been playing Mario Galaxy. I played it last year, never finished it, so I do need to get back to that myself. Yeah, um, it is. It is more of a dare I say normal game. Uh, dare I say good game? More of a finished game than than Mario Sunshine. <laughs> the funny thing as well is I'm playing it emulated on the Steam Deck, and it controls better on the controller in my hand despite the fact that i've had to set up like so when you on those levels where you're rolling around on a ball i've had yeah. to set it up so that pressing l2 uh, uh, uh emulates holding the wiimote up and then the right stick is my left right control and my left stick is forward and back and that feels better than playing mario sunshine even that contrived bollocks that i had to set up <laughs> in the in the emulator settings um, but it, yeah, is it's great. Very, it is a very good game eh? it, it, everything you do and it just feels uh, excellent yeah I am playing that you can watch that on Twitch that and that inside on Hill 2 which I also yeah. started which is also great by the way um, yeah. I'll yeah. give you a little, uh, one tip for Mario Galaxy uh, I don't want to ruin the fun of it but uh, as a general rule Never shoot star bits at enemies. Totally pointless. Yes, I've kind of, I've kind of started to realize like, wait, this doesn't appear to be doing anything. Yeah, and um, also there, there, there's one thing that is very useful to know, which is you know when you spin and hit an enemy, mm-hmm. and they spin around their head and you kick them, that will always make star bits come out. And if you jump on an enemy without hitting them. Uh, a coin a coin okay I was trying to figure that out I was like okay what yeah. do I do because I was like okay I, I because coins are health yeah okay thank you that would be, that's very so useful if you need a coin jump on a Goomba's head if you want star bits do your spin attack and then kick him that would excellent. give you sense excellent 
Alrighty, that's uh, that's that's Mario Galaxy there to wrap up Game Guff. Uh, what's the album of the week before we wrap up here? Ooh, album of the week is Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, new release. Ooh, vampire. I'm a vampire. Ooh, something, something vampire. Um, so this is the uh, hot new pop starlet of the day, Olivia of the day. Rodrigo. Uh, dropped her i don't know if it's her debut album let's say yeah dropped her debut album um <laughs> probably um i listened to it it's very kind of poppy it's not your your dad's pop starlet because she's still sort of swearing and talks about sex oh, and all that hell yeah it's not like you know britney spears it was all kind of innuendo and oh i'm a yeah. slave for you so that here she's just talking about getting people's beds and stuff oh yeah. here we go <laughs> here we fucking go um so i I liked some aspects of it uh, musically. I, I liked it to, to some degree, but I think it just it just wasn't really for me. There was something mm. about that, <sighs> something about it. I just I just couldn't get on with. I couldn't really get like an emotional connection to it, even though mm. I thought I could see like some of the lyrics were interesting. Music was kind of very poppy, a bit sort of almost like. Remind me of Avril Lavigne, like kind of pop punky. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, a bit of a punky tinge. To yeah, some stuff, more isn't it? maybe. Yeah, yeah, which I, I quite liked, but overall, I, I just didn't. You know, it wasn't it wasn't for me. But I thought it was kind of good, and it'll probably be very good for her audience and, and yeah. for that her type. So yeah, I kind of not not thumbs up necessarily for me, but. I wish Miss Rodrigo all the best. You're, 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 you're giving a respectful singular I thumb up for the effort. You gentleman's know. three stars. And Cassidy, a gentleman's three, that's boy. it. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that's I, I did have this album recommended to me in the week, so I, I want to check it out. I just didn't get a chance uh, while teeth were getting yanked out of my head mm. this week. Yeah, you, go to the, sorry, you couldn't stick on a bit of Rodrigo, could you, just to soothe my nerves here? <laughs> um, so I, I, I listened to it. This week I'll have a review for next week. Yeah, maybe, um, uh, maybe I will as well. I've, I've liked the singles. I have liked the singles, so I might. Yeah, very catchy, very, very catchy. catchy. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, maybe we'll do a, a joint album review there next week. That's going to do it for the show, folks. We'll be back next week talking Grand Slam, talking uh, the big collision, uh, AW Shuttlecock uh, um, uh, collision, uh, as well as you know follow ups on, on on Starfield and the various other bits and bobs we we chatted about this week. Uh, so yeah, with all that said, it's going to be farewell from. From me, it's be farewell from Joe. <laughs> Goodbye. It's be farewell from Paul. Goodbye.